Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, August 20th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a special treat, the power matrix is out. Number two, how the White House is thinking about Afghanistan. And number three, three senators have now tested positive for COVID. All right, let's get to it here on this Friday morning. The power matrix usually is only for our premium members, but because we are only doing one newsletter a day this week, we have a special edition of the Punch Power Matrix out this morning. It's the top three things that are up this week and the top three people or things that are down this week. Number one in the up category, the Capitol's police force dealt tactfully with a terrifying situation yesterday, a bomb threat. The officers who put their lives on the line every day to protect democracy deserve our thanks. Number two in the up category, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. The Senate Minority Leader consistently opposed both Donald Trump and Joe Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal plans. McConnell warned that a hasty exit could cause chaos. He was right. And the number three person in the up category today, Barbara Lee. The California Democrat was the only lawmaker to vote against the Afghanistan war back in 2001. 20 years later, Lee's warning against starting a war without a clear exit strategy proved prescient. And who's having a bad week this week? All right. Number one, Ted Cruz. He is in the down category. Amid the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan, Cruz fired off a snarky tweet criticizing CNN correspondent Clarissa Ward, who's on the front line in Kabul. Real classy. Number two in the down category, Antony Blinken. The Secretary of State told a House panel last month that if Afghanistan fell to the Taliban, it wouldn't occur during a Friday to Monday timeline. In fact, that's almost exactly what happened. And number three in the down category, we have a first in the punch power matrix. Four people, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden, the past four presidents, all deserve blame, albeit in differing amounts, for the war in Afghanistan. The policy failures were compounded this week by the botched evacuation from Kabul. Great work, Mr. Presidents. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, how the White House is thinking about Afghanistan. We did some reporting yesterday, talking to sources in the White House and around the White House looking at kind of what their headspace is at this point. Because to put it mildly, the White House is a bit frustrated over the public reaction to the crisis in Afghanistan. As everybody knows, President Joe Biden said on ABC Thursday that there was no way to get out of Afghanistan without some chaos. I don't quite remember that being a talking point when Biden was selling a withdrawal from Afghanistan. But hey, that was a month ago. The White House announced that Biden will deliver remarks at 1 p.m. today on the evacuation of American citizens and their families, civ applicants and their families, and vulnerable Afghans. It's unclear whether the president will actually take questions from the press corps, something he's avoided since the crisis started beyond the single ABC interview. Of course, it's worth noting Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to leave on a Southeast Asia trip late tonight. She is going to attend the event in the East Room as well. All right, so here's what our reporting is telling us so far about where the White House's head is at when 
it con- when it concerns Afghanistan, how they are thinking about it. First of all, the White House believes most of the Americans are out of Afghanistan already. There were 11,000 Americans registered with the U.S. Embassy in Kabul before the Ghani government collapsed. But the administration believes that some may have left the country before the Taliban takeover without telling the embassy. And furthermore, other American passport holders may stay. Indeed, some Americans were there the last time the Taliban controlled the country from 1996 to 2001. The Biden administration believes that the vast majority of the remaining evacuees will be Afghans. Senior aides also believe that the political attacks will shift from the Biden administration isn't getting enough Afghans out to Biden is letting too many Afghans in. We've already started to see that messaging from some Republicans. One angle that's not getting enough attention is the fear among administration officials that the Taliban could launch a large-scale attack against the thousands of Afghans waiting to get into the airport. Taliban roadblocks and security checkpoints are already hindering some who are trying to leave, according to media reports from inside the airport. And last but not least, the White House is not hot on the idea of launching a military operation to retake Bagram Air Base. It's more than an hour drive from Kabul, and they believe it would serve little purpose in aiding the evacuation. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the day, something that's pretty concerning and that a lot of us should be watching. Three more fully vaccinated senators have now tested positive for COVID. For perhaps the first time in his life, Senator Lindsey Graham, the Republican from South Carolina, is a trendsetter. Weeks after the South Carolina Republican announced the Senate's first breakthrough COVID case, Senators Roger Wicker, the Republican from Mississippi, Angus King, the Independent from Maine, and John Hickenlooper, the Democrat from Colorado, all announced they had tested positive for the virus on Thursday. There have also been multiple COVID cases among Senate staffers, some of whom were involved in the bipartisan infrastructure negotiations, according to multiple sources. But their offices have been reluctant to discuss the situation publicly. What's important to note here, all four senators were fully vaccinated. Of course, senators began receiving the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine in mid-December, roughly eight months ago. And this week, the Biden administration announced it would begin offering booster shots in September to Americans who received the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. All three senators appear to have mild cases or mild symptoms, rather. Uh, King released a statement saying that he was tested Thursday morning after he began feeling mildly feverish and came back positive. Just hours after King's statement, Wicker also disclosed he tested positive as well. Senator Wicker tested positive this morning for COVID-19 virus after immediately seeking a test due to mild symptoms, the Republicans' office said in a statement. And we also had a statement coming out from Hickenlooper's office, who announced he tested positive, positive after experiencing mild symptoms. I'm feeling much better and will continue to isolate at the direction of the congressional attending physician, he said. Due to the August recess, the Senate is not in session this week. The chamber is scheduled to return September 13th. And one thing just before we close, the increase in breakthrough cases really mirrors data from Israel, where the heavily vaccinated population is experiencing an uptick in cases. Studies have shown the vaccines wane in efficacy over time. And with that, 
Thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for other people to find our podcast every morning. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News, punchbowl.news. Jake will be back next week and we'll be wrapping like we do every day. Have a great day and stay safe.